truth, wit, and honesty, all wrapped up in pure American patriotism and aging gracefully. It's the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 44. That is me, your dad bod patriot. Hey, I'm happy to be with you for the past several months. We've been going down this path and uh, exposing a lot of what's going on. Uh, and at times, I think that, you know, as you as I join Frank's speech and stuff and I see all the other content creators, uh, it, it quite frankly gets overwhelming, doesn't it? So what I thought I'd do is I would take a little break and I would give you a two-part uh, series that is centered around uh, a positive message, uh, a little bit more uh, faith, a family, hope, etc. So I have a very special episode for you today. Uh, but before I get to that, I want to tell you that uh, that uh, this is two parts, and that in order to uh, to continue and to provide you some of this content, I would appreciate your support, and you can do that. Uh, first of all, by going to our store, and you can uh, join the Patriot Review group, and you can see that we have an event coming up, so you can come in and talk. We have just a, uh, basically like a Zoom call or, or a meeting like that to get to know each other, to talk about uh, things that are going on and that sort of thing. Uh, so you can do that by going to our webpage and getting involved by joining and you can join under the members group it's it's free or you can support the show that would be great now i'm wearing today this sweatshirt right here i can tell you it is excellent quality it's heavy it's nice and thick and nice and warm and that is the tpr mascot that's not our logo but that's the mascot and you can check that out on redbloodedpatriots.com now you noticed also that i have behind me here a black flag uh, if you send me an email to redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com I'll put you in a drawing for a real black flag now the black flag signifies that uh, we're taking no prisoners and I don't mean that in a violent way but that we are we are fighting the fight and we certainly are but again for today's episode and the next episode I wanted to focus on some more positive things, but you can you can get that flag, which certainly makes a statement. We are working together to preserve our nation and addressing all the threats that we have facing us today. Speaking of that, if you have not gone to frankspeech.com and clicked on the uh, clicked on the graphic for the um, complaint, the Supreme Court of the United States. Go ahead and check that out. You can download the full PDF from frankspeech.com. You can also, from the same spot, send your state attorneys general a letter informing them that you want them to sign on to this complaint. And I highly recommend you do that. Again, you go to frankspeech.com and there's a graphic there that will lead you to both of those things on the same page. 
You can also, besides pulling up the PDF complaint, pull up a lot of exhibits that are going along with the complaint and a lot of the proof and evidence that definitely does exist. And you can see that for yourself. So, so that's what I that's, that's what I wanted to say up front. Now, for today's show, the first segment is uh, with Diana and Tyfek Iscock. They are both dentists, and Diana is sharing for the first time to an English-speaking audience her experience on life after life, or what I prefer to call it, uh, not a dear, uh, not a near-death experience, but a life after death experience. I've been into this kind of thing for a long time. I think uh, Raymond Moody's book, Life After Life, is what I first read when I was a teenager, and it kind of got me into or be interested in this kind of stuff. So I have a fantastic story, a very moving story. This couple was amazing, and I thank them for for joining me and for letting me uh, tell their story as as they would like to share with everybody. So I'm going to show that, and uh, we'll have a break in the middle of it, and then we'll come back and I have a, another special treat for you. So let's go ahead and get started right away. The Patriots, I'm very happy to have with me tonight uh, Tyfek and Diana Iskak. They're both you're both doctors of dent you're dentists, right? Right. So I had the pleasure of talking to. Uh, Diana on the phone last night, and she shared with me what she's about to share with all of you. And it's uh, it's an absolutely fascinating story for anybody who uh, who has questions about what may be awaiting them on the other side, or has fears about uh, about that subject, or wonders what uh, people like Diana have gone through. Um, what some people call a near-death experience or life-after-life experience. So, uh, Tyfik, first of all, with you, you have your perspective I'd like to get first because you are coming at this from the spouse who is witnessing all of this happen. Would you explain to us uh, the, the night that all this occurred and kind of what led up to uh, Diana's story? Okay. First of all, uh, thank you for having me tonight. My pleasure. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, this is what happened. Um, basically, that night, everything's fine. She was uh, just coming home from Christmas party. She was the she she she's the boss at the office, <laughs> and then. Uh, Around nine o'clock, she has to uh, go home. As she said, went home already, and then try to sleep early because the next day she has to go back to work. So she 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 slept, and then I was watching TV until I remember that time around around one o'clock at night. The 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 movie is finished, and then I went to bed around two fifty six. I always. Uh, like to see the time and then she's kind of gasping uh, struggling to to breathe and then uh, i woke up i tried to wake her up i said don't don't mess around with her don't don't uh, don't pretend that you're dead because she likes to do that <laughs> and, so you thought and she then, was playing 
yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> and then I said, no, this is serious. And then um, we 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 uh, we are trained to do CPR. I start to do CPR, and then I did uh, uh, mouth breathing, and then I checked the pulse. There is no pulse, but she's still warm. And then uh, I called nine one one. After one set of the CPR, I called them. I called nine nine one one, and then they said, "Okay, where where is your wife?" I said, well, "My wife is not not responsive on my bed." They said, "Bring it, bring her down, and then they do continue with CPR." I put speakerphone, and then I, after one more set, fifteen and two mouth to mouth breathe, I went outside and then opened the door and waiting for the the response uh, team will come. And then about 3.02, so 2.50 is only six minutes. And then the first fire uh, fire engine came. In fire engine, always there is one paramedic. Mm-hmm. And then he went in and then helped me with the CPR by compressing. And I did uh, mouth-to-mouth breathing. But it's still no response. And then a few minutes later, medic came and sheriff came. And then uh, paramedic put all the uh, cable, everything, and then showed the monitor on the, in the iPad. And then meanwhile, I'm the um, kind of like the main suspect here. And the sheriff came to me and started interviewing me. And you had to be in complete panic. Of course, I yeah. was panicked. Yeah, then, but- Everybody watches those true crime shows, right? So they're thinking you did something. Yes. Yeah. And then I check if there is a medication, whatever. It's nothing. Yeah. And then I said, I want to see my wife. And then they they keep continuing with the compressing. And then it doesn't, in the, in the graphic, in the, in the iPad, is showing this erratic uh, graphic. And then after that, they said, okay, clear. And then they show once, nothing, show twice and then they start moving but she's still not awake and then after that they start uh, sucking all the slime from their throat and then put in the gurney he said we uh, we're going to pomona valley hospital is like the closest hospital for here and then uh, he said you can you cannot go with us in the ambulance you have to follow us over there now I went to the hospital and then doing the paperwork. Meanwhile, I don't know where's my wife. And then I went to ER. In the ER, and this, this is the first. This is the the first miracle. That I was awake. So many people is was not awake. Yeah. And then I I can't do the CPR to her. The second, in the ER, what in the world? There are two cardiologists in the ER. So the cardiologist straight helping her put all the stuff. And then at that night also, one of the cardiologists doing the angio, angioplasty. Uh-huh. And then to, to find if, the, because they said the first time, this is a heart attack, massive heart attack. So what time was this? And so the- right around four o'clock in the morning already. Yeah, so there's two cardiologists. That's probably not normal, huh? No. Yeah, they, but they said, oh, because they, they, they did the surgery that time. So for some reason, they're in the ER. Wow. That's another miracle. Yes. To me, La- later on, I realized that. Yes. 
And then uh, after 15 minutes, the cardiologist coming up, they said, not heart attack. In one thing, I was yeah. happy, not heart attack. Yeah. But why? My wife is still not awake, still unconscious to me. And then... Um, and did they have any answers at that time? No, they said no. no. We have to find something else. Yeah. And then they, they put the, the supporting... Uh, they put IV, they give the medication, and then they said the, the heart is so weak, so they give injection, maybe adrenaline. It looks like it. And then that, that, that night, also, they put her in the ICCU, Intensive Cardiac Care Unit, and then we got room and then they put us all the support with a breathing support and uh, all the support. I, I never see so many cables and tube. So they had, did they have the breathing tube and the and yes. all that? Yes. Wow. Yes. And then uh, what I, I did, I'm thinking uh, around 8 o'clock in the morning, I called the uh, friend who is very close uh, to uh, to uh, live to the church. I said, can you meet Father Canis that I am Canisius to, to do the uh, sacrament of the, the sick mm -hmm. or sacrament for the, for the last, the last rites. Because I said, if things happen, at least she is in the uh, worthy to see God. So, and, and, and for the viewers who don't know that sacrament, I mean, so you were, you were asking for last rites. Does that also then go to the congregation members that have a prayer circle? And does that kick all of that in where, where the, the church members are notified, uh, and you have a prayer circle as well, or, or what happens at your church? Mm, and then uh, all of a sudden, uh, another miracle. This priest usually a little bit difficult to come. Around nine o'clock, he came huh. and then, and then uh, performed the uh, sacrament of the last rites. Uh -huh. And wow. then after that, um, everybody, all friends coming into the hospital and then the waiting room was packed. And then around maybe 10 or 11 o'clock, all of a sudden there is an announcement, Cold Blue Room 50. Oh boy. I didn't understand, I, I didn't realize that my wife is in the room, room 50. And then they, uh, they do the, all the procedures and then she's, uh, she's awake again. Did you, did you know what Cold Blue meant? No, no, no clue. So no clue, once once you found out, though, you must again. You're going through your. Uh, you must have been just panicked again. If I know, I would be panicked. Yeah. But since I, I didn't know, and number two, I didn't hear that. Okay. But uh, uh, I'm a dentist, so my my assistant went in, and then went into the uh, the the room. And then for some reason, there's another miracle. There's one of my patients who is working as the person to helping 
the cardiologist to do the surgery by moving the function of the heart to his machine while the doctor doing the surgery. And then he was in that hospital for some reason. And I said to my assistant, what are you doing here? And then the uh, well, two of my assistants said, doctor's wife is in there. Which one? They said, this room 50. Oh, he just have a cold blue, he said. It means she's dead. And then after that, uh, they survive, uh, revive her again. So, how then, you, uh, so again, they use the paddles, right? They use yes. the electric paddles again? Yes, again. And then around three, four o'clock in the afternoon, there's another code blue. God, good to me. I didn't hear that also. Wow. Until, until the doctor who's revived her came out from the room and said, where is the family member? I said, I'm the husband. And then they said, we just um, revive your wife again, he said. And then she called me inside. And then I don't feel not that good because there's priest and mm -hmm. social worker talk to me. And then the doctor also said, in the situation like this, your wife can survive only for 24 hours. Mm. So and had, then they, my had they diagnosed her with anything at that point? No, 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 not yet. Because, uh, uh, not heart attack, because they said rule out heart attack. But why? They still don't know. But the, weak, wow. the, the heart is so weak, pumping so weak. And then uh, my patient who was there, he said, I wish this doctor going to put some uh, device to your wife. Mm -hmm. I said, whatever. Give, and then he said, do you mind if I assist the doctor if the, uh, pr the procedure will be done? I said, by all means, do whatever. I'm, I, I don't know anything anymore. Now, that, that after that, the doctor procedure to put the device to help the, the heart pumping blood because the heart is function is only about 20%. So when the heart squeezed, the blood flow to the, the whole body. Mm -hmm. This is only 20%. I can see because they show me the, in the uh, monitor how the, the blood is so weak. So they need to put machine. So they put through the groin here, going into the, the heart, and then they uh, start uh, moving. And then there is no pulse, but the the circulating the blood flowing yes yeah now the other thing when the heart failed is mean the lung also failed this lung full of water liquid so the lung also not function and then the doctor decided to put what they call it ecm or ecmo basically take over your lung function, put in the machine. I saw the uh, oxygen tank, the machine about quite big. And then I can see the, the tube with the pink blood, with the dark color blood moving around. And then she has to have another about 1.5 liter blood to supply the blood into the machine. 
and the, of course she gonna she had that time the very high dose of the um, blood thinner. Oh, okay. And then yeah, and then one more thing, um, they said in this situation we need to put the blood thinner because we cannot afford to have blood clot because the machine can clot the blood. Mm-hmm. So after that, they said, that's what we can do. Oh. The next procedure is just heart transplant. We don't have in this hospital, he said, but they have it in three places, USC, University of Southern California, University of California, Los Angeles, and Cedar sinai Hospital. And then the doctor said, we have connection with uh, Cedar sinai But usually they're very difficult to get the patient if not stabilized. I said, my wife is stabilized. No, I cannot see that. My wife, your wife can be gone anytime, he said. Well, she's still at 20% at this point, right? 20% on her own. To be survived, at least 60 to 65%. Mm. Yeah, basically, she lived that time because of the support, mm-hmm. replacement of the lung machine, and then with the, uh, what they call it, impeller, that's the, 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 the heart machine. Uh-huh. So she's dead, but she can live with that. Now, the only thing they worry about if there is uh, brain damage. So, oh, one more I... thing. Yeah, there's one more thing. Uh-huh. Um, miracle happened. I knew it later because one of my patients are working in that night too. I don't know why there is two of my patients in that place working at that night, all in the specialty, wow. in the, in the uh, heart specialty. That's, if not God, I don't know who else can do that. She said, we have only two lung machines. One is being used and the other one available for your wife. Wow. And then number three, he said, if we have that machine, but there is no operator and surgeon to put it on, forget about it. But that day, the surgeon and the machine operator available. Wow. That, that's miracle. It is. And at that point, though, I bet you were, you, were, you, were you expecting the worst at that point? Or were you, were you okay with, with what was happening? No, I... I I'm, I'm, I'm lost that yeah. time. I, I, I thought I'm going to lose her. Yeah, you were probably was, just kind of numb and out of it, I would bet, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Because that time, the doctor said, the lung collapsed, the heart is not function, uh-huh. the brain question mark, the kidney is failed because they, they cannot have chain reaction. So... Right. And so then her organs were shutting down. Yes. And yeah. then uh, for some reason, there's another miracle. The doctor, the head department of the uh, intensive care unit, cardiac unit mm-hmm. in Cedar Sinai, is her friends. The doctors in this hospital, they <laughs> know each other. Wow. And number two, her sister, niece, 
the main physician assistant of this doctor. His name is Dr. Ramsey over there. So my my son contact his second cousin to talk to the doctor, and then this doctor talked to Dr. Ramsey, the head. He said, and the Dr. Ramsey said, bring her here tonight. Wow. Don't wait. But yeah. didn't you, uh, but she has to reach a certain point before they can take her there, right? And she, yes. she has to reach at 60%. Is that what you said before they consider her for a heart transplant? Um, if 60% is still okay, the 20%, the only treatment is heart transplant. Oh, okay. And then uh, Cedar Sinai has that team and then they have program for Cedar, for the trans heart transplant. And did they have her on any monitor as far as um, a brainwave monitor to see her for brain was functioning when she coded? Yeah, good, good question because this is what happened. When uh, when she was in the uh, all this su uh, the support of this machine, it's impossible to put her under MRI or see the scan to check the brain. This is later happened in uh, Cedar Sinai before they they continue with the treatment. They put all the cable in her head and then they monitor it for 24 hours if there is seizure, there is whatever, and as he said. This is uh, uh, there is no brain brain damage, so we continue with the uh, the plan to do that heart transplant. And then they said she's gonna have the machine portable machine, twenty pounds of the lung machine, and then about two pounds of the heart machine with her while waiting. And then we cannot wait too long, she said because this machine can work so far like that. And then they talked to me already. I kind of numb that down. I don't know, maybe, but not maybe. God's so nice, so good to me. To, they make me, it's not a completely, uh, completely in there. It's not like I'm kind of like somewhere. So I, I don't know, uh, otherwise I would be down my, yeah. might be I I don't know what's gonna happen yeah. now basically from this has happened December 22nd 2017 until December 26 when the doctors start coming because this long week and this is a good week and this Friday yeah. and then uh, Christmas is Monday the 25th if I was not wrong and then the doctor coming the 26th, he said, I don't know what happened, but your wife's heart functioned around 40%, he said. I said, that's a good, a good news. He said, yeah, but uh, we don't know. He said, what, what happened? And then the January 1st, the doctor said, hold your, your wife's hand. Do you see, uh, do you feel the pulse? I said, yes, the pulse is your, your wife's heart because the machine doesn't have pulse. They're just moving. Mm -hmm. And then they said, January 1st, we're gonna remove the, that machine. And then after they removed that machine, they said, look, your wife's uh, heart is working. We don't know, he said, 
First, I said, how about the uh, heart transplant? If the heart function like this, you don't need heart uh, She doesn't need a, a heart transplant. You can just go like that. Wow. And then they said that the next day, we're going to remove also the lung machine. Because, but if things not working as we expected, She's gonna be intubate her right here, mm -hmm. and then when the doctor coming out, they said everything looks good, everything working well. Wow, that's so, an awesome story. Yes, and then she's like basically from the twenty second of December until January second, she's dead. She's she's alive because the machine. Right. So. Yeah. So this this is where now, uh, Diana. We we talked last night, and I have to say that, you know, my daughter who was thirteen, by the way, she was in the room listening to our conversation, and we were both so, so moved by your story. So I'd like you to, to share it just like you shared it with me last night, and um, talk about what you were experiencing as, uh, as all this was progressing. Uh, when you first, you, you know, you you said that you went to bed and you were you were okay and you, you didn't notice anything, right? When the, you went to bed that night, yeah. and this just happened, right? Right, right. So so pick it up from uh, from the time that uh, that um, you got were getting CPR from your husband and the the paramedics were coming and all that. We will be right back with her story. Please, st please uh, stick with us. It's an excellent, amazing story. She's going to go into it in detail and tell you some of the awesome things that happened and the message that she has to share with you. We'll be right back. Hello, sunshine. It's time to kick ass and take names. Check out redbloodypatriots.com. Subscribe and join the growing community of patriots. Hello, patriots. Would you like to become part of the Patriot Army? You can do so by going to our website and clicking on the Become a Patron button top left of the screen. You then can select your membership level. Also on our website, on the top right-hand side, you'll notice a Download Our App button. This app will enable you to keep in touch with the Patriot Review on a constant basis. You'll also be able to interact with our forum and chat with other members. We hope to see you there, and thank you for your support. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and Hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. 
not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. Yeah, sure. I mean, okay. just just kind of from, you know, I mean, we've heard we've heard what the witness saw and and what people around you were doing and the miracles of having the right people at the right time. Um, but there was a heck of a lot more to it. And mm-hmm. and that's what that's what I want you to get into and just share with my viewers the whole story just like you told it to me last night. Okay. Um do you want me to talk about what I know from my husband too, the physical part, or just the... if there's things he hasn't covered? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right then. Uh, I'll start with that. So that was the night, um, uh, December twenty second, the uh, the morning, December twenty second. Uh, that when that happened early in the morning, uh, three o'clock, not quite two fifty something. That's what my husband told me. And then um, I'm gasping for air, and I was gasping for air, and he he just happened to wake up to go to bathroom, and then um, saw me. And he tried to help me with that and figure it out what's going on with me. And he checked the pulse, my pulse and everything. And then all of a sudden, I have no response. Then he started panicking and uh, do CPR right away, call 911, paramedic come and uh, coaching him what to do. Uh, what to do to help while waiting until the complete uh, paramedic came. So um, at that time, uh, they, um, the paramedic using the uh, electric shock, mm-hmm. we call it defibrillator. Yep. So uh, one time, two times, three times in America, we, we only, the, para, the paramedic only can do three times. Uh, to shock a patient, then uh, in Australia, they can do it four times. So as a matter of their their guidelines, they're only supposed to do That's it three the times. Rule. Yes, okay. yes. So that morning, um, they did like three times the most, and then the heart start getting that uh, graphic, but erratic, mm-hmm. and then they helped me with all the tube and send me to the ER. Uh, send me to the ER over there, uh, another flat flat uh, line again. They call it code blue because mm-hmm. it's um, there is no graphic. There's like beep, like mm-hmm. uh, flat line. Then they starting again with the uh, defibrillator, uh, but Later on, that my husband knew uh, from the assistant that they do more than uh, three times. They keep doing it and then finally get the graphic again. 
which yeah. is a good thing. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, and then after that, there's a third time. It's deep again. There's a flat line again. But this time, did it more than 10 times. Wow. Uh, it's like a double digit to get my um, graphic start again, even though it's erratic. erratic. So, Thank God uh, we don't follow instructions in America. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah they don't. <laughs> Just so. So um, with that, then they cannot do anything else in this uh, hospital close by my house. They have to send me to the bigger hospital that can, uh, you know, serve better uh, treatment over there. So they send me to Cedar Sinai with the huge ambulance because of those three machines that re replacing all three organs uh, that not function at all. One for the heart, one for the lung, and one for the kidney. Three machine, it's one with two nurses. So that in that ambulance, three huge machine, myself, and six, six uh, nurses that wow. monitor that machine. That's a packed ambulance. So, yeah, that's so huge. And then um, they went that night to Cedar Sinai, and then they changed the, the machine to what they have over there. So exchange the machine, and then there you go, that I was in Cedar Sinai uh, after that day. And um, <clears throat> over there, uh, in the morning, my tummy get bigger and bigger and they lost, they see the blood, I lost blood and they get, uh, give me, gave me transition blood, but keep lo losing the blood mm. and they have to send me again to uh, operatory room to find out where they come from and they figure it out and stop the bleeding, that's why uh, my tummy getting bigger and bigger because of the internal bleeding. You're bleeding to death internally. Yes, yeah. internally. And then they also have to froze my body, my body, to prevent from damaging my brain cell mm. and uh, other organ. Uh, so uh, from that on, uh, they keep, you know, uh, observing. Uh, and then start getting better and better. And I don't know anything about that. And then when I woke up, uh, that's what I heard until now. And then when I woke up, when I woke up, maybe like a two weeks or three weeks, three weeks after, um, then, yeah, um, that I was so confused. I was so confused. I don't know where am I uh, because um, why why I hear so much noise, people talking and everything, but I try to open my eyes. I cannot see anybody. I try to talk. I, there is no voice come out from my mouth. And I, 
So you, so, you you had gone for you would you had gone you were out for three weeks, and, yeah, and then or two weeks, and then you then you w- woke up. But what you what you mean by woke up is you became conscious of your surroundings. Yes, like on surrounding, but um, and then um, that's what um, make me. Uh, scare me because I can hear everything. I can hear people talking, but I cannot call them. So he, I'm here. Why you um, tied my hand, my feet? Why I'm here? Where is it? I was so confused and scared. I would um, imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine. So, you had to be frantic. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I, I'm gone again. I did not know again. But uh, that's what I tell you when I woke up. That when I'm when I'm gone because my the flat line. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanna tell you. Where was I? Yes. When that happened. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was in the ICU. I can see so many scary bad spirit in that room all surrounding me. I would say thousand because it's so many I can't count it. I'm so scared, yeah. I'm so scared. What is that? And they're trying to get me. They're trying to get me and then I was so scared but when I look around again I said why they stop those creatures they stop they cannot get closer and I just realized then oh there's a wall like from glass glass of wall what is that and that at that time the voice I hear talking to me that that's the angel of God that built that wall because of the prayer that your friend, your relative, your priest, you know, pray for you. Uh, Did the the, voice tell you that or is that just something you knew? The voice voice told you that? The voice tell me. I did not know. I'm just I'm just keep asking, what is that? What is that? Because nobody's there, just me. Just me and those creatures. And then I see the wall and maybe why I'm here. What is the wall? Why? Why is the wall? Why is from glass? If, if it's not from the glass, I cannot see those. So that is from. So how did you feel? I mean, once you realized the wall was there, did you know you were safe at that point? Yes, I was so relieved that. Um, oh great! They cannot get me because of that. But why? Why I have to see that and again? I, I, the voice. And I, I don't want to keep. I don't want to keep interrupting. I apologize, but I just want to okay. point out to people. That you no, were you were saying that you, you were you were told 
that this is a direct result of prayers. Yes. Yes. And so, yes. yeah, so that's pretty cool stuff, and it's pretty important mm -hmm. stuff. Um, prayers have a lot of power, and sometimes people maybe feel like they don't, but that's a pretty strong story to this point. It's a pretty amazing experience that you're talking about. Yeah. and proves the power of prayer. Exactly. Yeah, I just realized when later on, at that time, I don't understand what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, and then again, you have to see this so you know what's going on. That's why it from class, you have to see that. It's not from anything that have to be from class. And then in, I feel so safe and also inside where I am uh, with those walls, it's bright. It's bright. I'm not scared because all the little light there that's together, it make it bright. So, and the force, okay, so, so you, you saw a lot of little lights that formed together? Yes. Did you get a sense or if, uh, were you told what the, what the little lights individually were? Or you have a this, feeling about that? The, the, there's always a voice that telling me stuff when I'm questioning myself, like there's always telling me stuff. There's also the prayer of every friend and relative that wow. they pray for you okay they lit that light that called the angel of god to build that wall and lit the light so i'm so relieved and then after that i'm gone i'm not there no more Jeff. Mm -hmm. and then when i come back again i'm in the water i'm in the water but I didn't have problem with breathing. I'm like a fish. And I would just swim over there. And I see on the top, like in the surface, oh, there's like a, you know, like brighter on the surface. So I just swim to the surface and, and see. What a spot. The drama. It's an awesome story. What you're hearing right now, she just went through how powerful prayer is. We have evil all around us. We do have protection in our faith. That is the glass wall. She's talking about the power of prayer. And we'll get right back to her after this short break. Stick around. Hey Patriots, it's Jeff Wagner. I love my pillow products. I use them. I can say that they are simply the best quality that you will find anywhere. And you can help us all out, all Patriots, including Mike Lindell, and our mission to restore America by going to MyPillow.com today and using code TPR. That stands for the Patriot Review, so it's easy to remember. TPR. Save up to 66%. You can also order by calling 800-519-9927. Again, that's 
519-919-9927. Thank you and God bless. Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty. Here. It's all water. It's uh, it's so quiet. And then, in a far away, I see like uh, like a boat coming. It's a very simple boat. It's not like a yacht or luxury ship or anything like that. Very simple boat with some people inside. But my eyes is just focus on the. One person in the middle. I feel like I know this guy, but I don't. And then it get closer. I try to see his face. I think I know his, this guy. I tried to see his face, but I couldn't. I couldn't see his face at all. And again, the voice tells me, you can't. You cannot see my face. You're not holy enough. You have to be holy because I am holy. I knew at that time that it was him. It was Jesus. Because I remember that's what he said, that we have to be holy to see him. Oh, that's you and and he wearing like a white clothes inside and like a, a brown outside like a rope and he keep telling me the voice keep telling me this is what it is that you have to see and you have to go through this you be in the water that will cleanse you now you see this is the white clothes that i'm wearing you have to be holy you have to be holy because i am holy how i have to be holy I have to pray 24 hours and I have to live like a saint. No. To be holy means you have to do everything for me. Everything for me, not for men. Then I start have understanding that I have the understanding whenever, also whenever I cook, 
whenever I throw the trash, whatever I do, that's for him, not for other people, not for my husband, not for my kid. That's just for him. Is that the first time he's heard that? So, I remember too. <laughs> so you you told me, you told me something last night too. Is it, um, what message did he give you as far as what he's done for us? What he has done to us. He he. he I think you said at one point he said to you um, something like, "As I have done to you, you you do unto oh, others." Yeah. Yeah, that, and then uh, that when he pulled me. So when after that, uh, he he told me that that brown uh -huh. robe that he wear, that you have to be holy. I mean, you have to be humble. That's the other one. And then he, I can see him, but I can see his hand. His strong hand, and I. He took my hand, and I will never, ever forget that moment when he touched my hand. That's when I feel the love. His love to me. I can't. I can't explain that. How beautiful it is. The peace, the joy, the love is not like I'm. I love my husband or my kid. It's totally different. And everything went down. It's like I'm going to explode with that love. And I know at that time, this what I was looking for my life, all my life since I was a kid. I am the fifth from six children of my parents, and I always the last. I always feel like I'm not good enough. I always nothing. I try so hard my whole life to be somebody that somebody will see me the way I am and love me the way I am. But I never know until that moment. I know this is what I'm looking for. And I found it. It is love. There's so much love that I know I'm valuable. And all that was, all that was at the time of of the touch that you're talking about. There's the touch, and I, and I, I'm full with this love, and it is spread all over, and the whole place. Full with this, this love. It's filled up all full with this love. And I'm so happy. 
It's so beautiful. I don't know how to say that. Feeling beautiful. Feeling love. Feeling beautiful. Feeling happy and joy. That I never have it before. And I want to stay there forever. I want to stay there. So at that time, he said, this is you have to tell others. And I help you. Oh, he pulled me. Then you have to help others. Help others know about me. Help others know about my love. Help others know about everything that I show you. Jeff, I feel so blessed. It's not something terrible happened to me, but I feel so blessed that I can have that moment with him. Well, to come so back, he, to come back and share that, that's, I mean, that's, it's just, your story is so incredibly powerful. So it's just a prayer. Be home, be humble, and help others. That's what he wants me to tell others. But I don't know at that time. How can I do that? Then now I understand. Now I understood. The Lord sent you to interview me. Myself, I cannot do that. How much I can tell people. But God used you too, Jeff. He loves you. He well, of used you to spread. <laughs> No, I, I, I am, I am so honestly humbled by your story and I guess there's so many things that I want to ask you and, and there's so many, there's so many conclusions you can draw from what you said. For, for example, why water? Then you start thinking about baptism and you think about uh, the boat and you start thinking about the fisher of men and all this, all this amazing symbolism all this amazing stuff that comes through in your story. And it's exactly what this country and the world, it's exactly what the world needs right now. We're, as, as people around the world pull away from God and go towards godlessness, I mean, I, I, cover, I cover the the terrible things that are happening in America. That's what I do mostly. That's what I interview. That's what my show is about. And for you to come along and for Midgey to put us together and to, to, to be able to do this, I think you're right. Because I myself needed to hear this message. And I know plenty of people that are so frustrated and so defeated and so depressed and down and all this COVID ridiculousness and everything else that's going on. It's just an amazing story. And I hope people that do watch this share this because uh, it, it's like 
it's like somebody took a rubber band and snapped you on the on the arm with it and said, "Hey, you know, wake up. This is what's really important." So, how many people have you shared this story with? It's my patient people in my in the gym, <laughs> <laughs> whatever around me, <laughs> and one is the um, the my high school friend when I have a high school reunion, but wow. it's all in my language. This is the first time I share with you in English. Well, I'm honored by that. And uh, what what else we were talking about is um, first time I opened a book that had anything to do with this type of topic. I was 16 maybe and Raymond Moody had published his book Life After Life and he talks there's several stories similar to yours um, but not but not the same I mean different elements but but still the same feelings and the same the same sense of just an amazing unexplainable love that humans can never understand and the first thing you know again I think I think that's why maybe we got put together is because um, this is something that's fascinated me for my whole life. And I've always, you know, I have a, had questions about it, but uh, I just wonder how many people are actually affected by like the ripple effect, ripple effect, you know, like how, how little things can, uh, how many people actually are, are are touched by it that you know nothing you don't even know so when your message of being humble and being helpful and treating people really you're talking about the golden rule treat people the way you wish to be treated be humble be helpful help your fellow man um, it sure would be nice if people remembered that every day and were a little more kind to each other yes yeah yes so what has happened is that is that basically the end at that point when you touched his hand what happened to get you back here yeah and and then after after he touched my hand and pulled me then i'm gone and i'm gone again and then i woke up like what i i told you yeah and then i feel all the pain and you know from my nose my leg my arm everything painful and people type my hand and everything and i i'm struggling to to survive there like i can't even swallow my own saliva and everything um so it took me three months just to go back to like what I am right now, three to six months, I think. Uh, I was, when I can talk, I have a physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy. I can talk. You have to I learn everything all over again. Everything. I can't even sit. I can't even sit. I have to sit in the cardiac chair little by little. Did that, make you, did that make you angry or did you come back 
when I came back, um, like, I was, I remember everything. And then I said, I have to be back like what I do before. I don't want to touch any kin or <laughs> I have to walk again. I have to tell people what they have to do in life. And that's make me stronger, motivate me. When my trainer says step one step, I'll try to do three steps instead. So I fight so hard to, to become, you know, to come back again. So, um, and then uh, I finally, I never, when I told my husband, next time that happened to me, you don't wake me up. <laughs> yeah. I bet your fast food's I a disappointment to say, too, right? Yeah, because <laughs> look what happened. I my nose my nose broke because of all so many oh, um tube over there. I cannot do anything. I I have to sit when I take a shower and I I can talk, I can drink, I can eat, I can I cannot do anything. I have to uh, the trainer have to train my brain with simple mathematics again. My balance, I will. Wow. I can, you know, everything. It takes me six months with a really hard time. I have a hard time to, to go back to, but I knew it. I have to do it. I have to do it for him. Remember that I have to do everything for him, not for my husband or for anything, just for him to so, show. So it took you about six months to, to be able to get back, you said, right? Yes. yes. Um, how has this changed you as a couple? As a couple, he actually, I told him that I don't wanna work as a dentist no more. I'm done. I'm just, want to work for him so you have to work <laughs> not me <laughs> but he's very supportive has uh, it, my has, husband yeah has it, has it made you uh, uh, not sweat the small stuff as they say has it made you oh oh that's what it is yeah uh, so with that happen, uh, not me become perfect right away, but I'm working on it. I want to do what the Lord tell me to do about become more holy. I think all those actually is for me that I don't pray enough. I'm not holy enough. I'm not humble. I need to help others more. That's everything is for me. I'm not like that at all. So mm. that's what probably he chose and tell me to do. But at the same time, that applies to everybody. Mm -hmm. Then now that I have to tell people that 
then I have to keep it. Keep my life to the to the level that he wants me to. At least I try. And my husband will always remind me when I slip. And then, hey, this is what the Lord told you. Go back. Things like that. That's why he's my really always reminding me. I'm not perfect, yeah. You know, I'm just a human being like others. But I, I'm trying to go there. Yeah. Because I know that's what we need. So what do you, what do you tell, what do you tell, if you, if you're talking to a person and, you know, you, do you have feelings of different messages depending on who you're talking to? Like, this is, this is what maybe you should do, or this is what's important. Do you, do you talk differently to different people? Do you have that feeling or knowledge of that? Um, yeah, because I'm in the purpose that I will be more patient. Um, and I understand people. And I'm in a job. I'm not, not greedy. Uh, mm -hmm. So um, I help more people. Um, let's say this patient doesn't have a money to have the treatment done. I told my other doctor that worked for me, do it. You know, because the Lord wants us to help them. Mm -hmm. We can get you know, the money from others that have the money. But for this particular patient, they do it. They don't have to pay. So it's, and then um, in twice a year, twice a year, I ask all the employees who wants to work without getting paid. And then amazingly, everybody does. Then we open that day for free um, dental wow. work. Things like that, that I'm starting to see. I'm starting to do, where can I help? You know, in which part can I help? Then the Lord starts showing me. Go here, go here, go here. And that's, I realized that living is giving and giving is living. That's excellent. And it's, it's I think I'm happier than whoever I help that receives the help. And be, yeah. we become happier, more happy than them. I was just going to. I don't know how to say it. Well, I, I was just going to ask you. You know, I was just thinking that when you were going into that, I was just thinking about how you described yourself. You said you were one of five kids, right? Oh, that yeah. And you were saying yeah. how? No, I'm the youngest in my family of of four boys, right? So, um, 
it sounded to me like something I could identify with. Like you're always trying to be validated or, or validate yourself or uh, have others validate you or, uh, you know, working towards basically getting a feeling of acceptance or praise or, or whatever. And yeah. you, you get kind of competitive about that. But yes. what you're describing to me sounds like what you actually found out by going th through this experience is that you don't need anybody's validation except for except for God's mm -hmm. and that it's almost I mean it sounds very liberating mm -hmm. it sounds it sounds like finally found finding true freedom in yourself is what you're describing to me and the feeling of helping others um, I mean that's the whole purpose isn't it yes and that's what I did almost all my uh, years until I was 67 at that time, right? When that happened, that I was always want to be number one. I always want to be perfect. I always, uh, my husband always telling me, you always want to be the perfect. You always want, yes, I am. I want people to see me, that I'm good. And I'm, back then also, I was like a mean boss that, you know, you have to do this, 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 this. And I, you know, like a, get more money or things like that. That you're, I thought. You were worshiping, I, you were worshiping the same thing many of us do. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, you were. It so, was all about success and and wealth and and you got a wake up call. And <laughs> yes. That, yes. That is so, so. It's it's just. I don't know if this is this is a, 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 the right thing to say, but to me, it sounds like what a wonderful privilege. To, I mean, you went through hell, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. right? But. Right. Still, what an amazing, what an amazing experience and message. And again, the, I think that the, that you're, you, as many people as you can share, I, I told her last night she should write a book, you know, because, or get somebody to help you write a book, because this is a story that people need to hear. And, and writing a book and getting your, your story out there, just imagine the effect and the number of people that that could have. And imagine taking the money from that book and putting it to help other people or, you know what I mean? I mean, you, you really have an amazing story to tell. And um, I'm, I'm so glad that, that, you, that you decided to talk with me and do this and, and share your story with us. What, I just wanna leave it to you to talk about what you will hear and to talk to the viewer, the viewers and people in general, what are the what are the key takeaways that you want everybody to walk away from watching this interview? And and I'd like it from both of you because you have a different perspective as as being on the outside and seeing it, seeing your your wife go through this, and you know maybe you have something different that were your key learnings. So. You cannot have 
um, life that you wanted unless unless you know him and follow all what he want us to do because he is the only way he is the only truth and he is the one that can give you everlasting life how long you can live how old you can reach 100 years but what you gonna do for all eternity which one you wanna be in a good shape here or later for eternity So when you think about that, then you will follow the Savior. He is the only Savior. And I believe all the human being is His creation. It doesn't matter the color of the skin. the color of the hair or eyes when god created them he created good as his image when in the future then they become doing bad things and we all are all sinners but right here deep down let our part in the corner of the, our heart it's still the goodness of god still very little hiding in that if only if only they repent and one open their heart and this will grow again and everybody the lord wanna save everybody that's why he said to that he will be with us until the end of time so i believe no matter how bad the people see others but deep down they still have a little good things what is you have to listen to the that little voice inside that little voice deep down christians say holy spirit mm-hmm. people say conscience but it's there that's the lord goodness it's there in every heart yes so i think 
it's important to remember that when we are, we are are told we're created in His image, it's talking about the spirit, not the body, mm -hmm. right? And, right. And um, what you're what you're explaining is we're having this physical uh, experience. We're not having a physical experience that involves having a spirit. We are a spirit having a physical experience, and people forget that it wound up in this short period down here. Uh, so that is all, that's all amazing. Uh, a fantastic story. And thank you again for sharing that. But uh, what about you, Taufik? You have different uh, takeaways that you want to share? We, we agree sharing the, the oh, yeah. airpods. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, to me, it's, um, since she has that uh, experience, I just help her. I support her in every way, every way she wants. I always behind her. I said, I'm your chauffeur. I'm your driver. I'm your supporter, I'm your provider. Do whatever God you want to do, I'll be behind you. And of course, uh, if it's happened again, I won't wake her up because she said it's better that way rather than whatever she, when she woke up that, uh, that, uh, that day, everything pain and then nothing, nothing good. She, she loved to be there is that don't wake me up again <laughs> if things happen again <laughs> what but i still but still every night if she's too quiet i just wake her up <laughs> and as you get mad <laughs> yeah. what was what was your thought when she first shared this story with you um because uh I don't know when when she was uh, laying in the hospital. I promised her. I said, "Wake up, so we can serve the Lord again, and I will help you hundred percent." Without <laughs> I know, I promise in in front of God to do that. Yeah, and then when she said that uh, she uh, she has a lot of um, bad spirit want to do harm to her but she has uh, the, the the glass wall that is true that time i have the phone call from all of the world friends in europe in indonesia in canada all united states all say that they have the intention of the mass in every mass even the friend who is a non-catholic also always everybody pray for uh for her that's why now I understand this prayer is powerful. Yes. And then, yes. Well, it's it's yes. it's an amazing story, and I, I'd like to stay in touch with you if that's okay, and just uh, follow follow what's going on with you guys and keep in touch. Love to help Anytime. you share your story more. Anytime, Jeff. <laughs> Uh, that's what uh, that's what we have to do. Right. We didn't realize that 
after four years before these things uh, coming out like this, we didn't know. Wow. Yeah, she was so exciting because I said, yeah, Jeff is speaking English, so we can spread this news <laughs> in English. We didn't think about that. Well, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I will make sure that you get a copy of just this part of the of the show. Um, yes. Send it to whoever and use it as you will, please. Uh, I will. And come well, back and, and talk some more. I'd love to have you on. People, people so need to hear something good. Um, and they need to be reminded of the real purpose of, of what we're here for. And you just have such a powerful story. Thank you so much for, for being willing to, sp to spend time with me uh, to share it. Oh, I, I thank you for having us. I didn't realize this. I didn't, this is God willing you have to, uh, to talk to us today. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it is God's work. If it's not, this won't happen. Yeah. I always believe in that. Yeah. So, well, God bless you both. I hope you don't have to go through mm -hmm. that again. Otherwise, if he wakes you up again, if he wakes you up again, he'll be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks Thank so you. much. Was that simply not one of the most amazing stories you've ever heard? I mean, uh, living is giving and giving is living. Pretty simple to say, but pretty deep when you actually you actually think about it. Uh, I would be grateful to have you comment on that segment of the show. Uh, if you have uh, knowledge of an author or would like to would like to talk to them. Uh, you can email me at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com. That's redbloodedpatriots with an S at protonmail.com. Um, I love the story of having the evil um, walled off, the protection of prayer, the entire experience of meeting Jesus, not seeing his face or not being able to see his face and the whole story she told about why that, why that is. Now that story made me think of uh, another, another story of another incredible person. Um, uh, the Akiana uh, Kermerick is, if you haven't heard of her, an amazingly talented artist and she started having visions and actually explains what some would call more of a, an out-of-body experience or, or the way she explains it is simply disappearing and actually meeting Jesus when she was about six or so and she was looking for she was into art already at that point in drawing and she was unable to really see the face clearly, uh, but she needed to have somebody that resembled what she saw. And she explains her art as being art that combines the model, if you will, with the vision 
and um, she painted a, a portrait called Prince of Peace uh, when she was around eight. And uh, I have a video where she explains uh, her the, the process of later painting um, a, a portrait, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you that quickly here, but um, she talks about at the time that this video opens, she was older and she was commissioned to do artwork for a coin. But uh, she went through an incredible process for a second time. And that process actually helped her create another amazing piece of art. And uh, I'm going to show you that. And then I'm going to come back just to say goodbye for the show. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed this. And I hope you share this. This is an episode that can make a lot of people feel very good, especially in, in our times. So hopefully you do that. And uh, I'll be back after this video here. The founder of one of the top coin minting companies in the world flew out to see me. His invitation to collaborate on the Prince of Peace image that'll be minted on a gold coin. It was an awkward assignment. But I agreed. In preparation for the complicated minting process, I was asked to outline the face I'd painted at age eight. As I was accentuating the lines of the new sketch, I became more and more frustrated. Because the sketch for minting a coin was supposed to be very simple. Oddly, the more I pressed the pencil down, the more details revealed themselves. And the more I saw, the more uncomfortable I felt. I actually started wondering why I was seeing so many details. And why I was hearing a new message. So I prayed about what to do next. And was blown away by the unexpected answer. Despite all of my doubts, I took out a linen canvas and started painting my vision. I knew it was going to be an enormous challenge because all I could see was half of the image. I had no idea when the complete face would be revealed or how long the fine details would remain in my sight. Christmas Eve, I woke up from a nightmare that my portrait got completely destroyed. I rushed to my studio and what I noticed alarmed me. The shadow side was lifeless. 
It was as if there was a mysterious veil covering half of the face, stopping me from painting any further. No matter how much I tried removing the veil or painting over it, I just couldn't do it. Many weeks passed by, but there was still no life in the shadow. I was devastated. I could not eat or sleep. I could not even talk with anyone for a month. All my efforts to finish the painting were futile. I had given everything I had to this painting, but it still wasn't enough. I was painting the impossible. I was losing hope, and I was about to abandon the Divine Commission. After a thousand hours of this relentless battle, one morning something miraculous happened. For a very brief time, I got to see the full vision. I began working round the clock until finally the veil disappeared and the portrait came to life. All these years God was waiting for me to grow so I could fully understand and paint the most powerful message to mankind. The message of unwavering faith, unconditional love, and eternal life. God bless you all, patriots. I hope that this holiday season brings you peace and joy. Always remember the light always wins. And of course, giving is living and living is give giving. We'll see you next time for part two of this episode. I have two more amazing guests that will talk about uh, their struggles 
and their hopes and how they've gotten through uh, adversity. And again, a message of hope. So we will hit that next time. Thanks for being with me and God bless you all.